Welcome to Arpini. This is Saratoga Best. Parshas Re'e, which is your reality? Last week we started with this idea. Is your reality, does your reality begin on Shabbos or on Sunday? In other words, when you think of, of life, do you, do, you, do you think of life being a Sunday reality where, you know, the world is the world and, and that's reality and let's face it and, you know, you can add on something sweet which is some Torah learning and make everyday realistic life um, um, more meaningful. That's one way to do it. But the deeper way is that you begin with Shabbos, rather. You you count life beginning from Shabbos. You count the week beginning from Shabbos rather than from Sunday, meaning Kedusha becomes your reality. Holy Holiness becomes your reality, and everything else of your everyday life is an outgrowth of that. So, the same thing is continued in Parsha through A, and really, there's room for both. There's room for both um, ways. So, although that year, um, Rosh Chodesh was, again, Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh Elo was Shabbos and Sunday. It isn't this year, but Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos and Sunday. So, we get to apply it to the same thing. So, but, so if we're going to be coming to a Shabbos Sunday Rosh Chodesh, sorry, Rosh Hashanah, we have a full month to prepare for it. And we start with Elul Anila Daidi Vadaidi Li, which means Anila Daidi means you start the work and Hashem will respond. And Parshat Re seems the opposite. So Anila Daidi Vadaidi Li means I start from below and then there is a, a response from above. Okay. Now let's look at Parshat Re. Re Anachi Naitin Lifnechama Yambracha. What does that mean? It all has to do with from above. You're getting a free gift. And we'll see all the words. Um, something is being given to you that you may not necessarily have earned yet. Of course, today you have the concept of paying this forward. So we used to be concerned about, how could I ever pay back such a something? We no longer are concerned. How could I ever pay it back? And there would be a feeling of... Um, I don't want to accept this bracha, this gift, this, this, this assistance, this, 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 that, because I could never pay it back. But today we talk about I could pay it forward. Meaning somebody gives me a hundred dollar bill and says, just take it and, you know, just take it, enjoy it. And I said, but for what? They say, I don't know. I like your face. Take it and enjoy it. No, I should never pay it back. Good. Pay it forward. How can I pay it forward? Um, you know, over the next five years, give out $1 bills, you know, to random people that you like or something. Here, give this, let's give tzedakah together or something. In other words, there are small ways of paying things forward that we, we want to get out of the, the, which we're all in, that feeling of it becomes so burdensome paying things back and keeping everything equal, it, it's very complex. When Hashem is giving us brachas also, we feel like, oh my goodness, what do I have to do? to pay it back. There's that famous story of um, uh, somebody, I forget whom it was, but I've heard it many times from Rabbi Friedman, that someone had be- earned a lot of money that year and he went to his Rebbe and he was very disturbed. And he said, um, what What did I do to deserve this? In other words, he it, it felt very heavy for him. It felt like it was too much of a free gift. I didn't, I don't see that I'm on such a level that I really earned to have such um, a, 
a bracha of wealth. But I don't want it. I, I don't like it. I don't want it. But now with the concept of pay it forward, sometimes the teeniest, tiniest things can pay it forward. For instance, I don't know, there's someone who at a given moment you meet someone on the street and you have a five-minute conversation with them and it, for them it was life-changing and you just paid it forward. In other words, I guess today when Hashem is giving us brachas from above and they seem scary because we don't feel like we earned them and what would we have to do to pay them back? How many thousands of kapitlachapsilim will I have to? Maybe we can assume that if Hashem is giving us what seems like a free gift in terms of a bracha, it's because he has things planned for us in which only we can be effective. And for us, they don't have to feel like heavy, strenuous things, but they will have a massive impact on the world. A word said to this particular person at that particular moment. It can even be, for instance, calling a nur- the nursing station in a hospital to check on a patient and, and you know, really building the nurse up and saying, wow, thank you so much. You really, it, you don't know how much you've done for me by putting the call through to the room or whatever. Because these people are, are being bashed all day long. You didn't do this and you didn't do that. Nobody's saying thank you to them. So even if we call a, a phone company and we say, thank you so much. Wow, for fixing fixing my phone, that is amazing. My whole day is different. I feel like my whole week will be different. Thank you so much. Then you just paid forward a gift that Hashem gave you, and maybe you were created to have that conversation with this particular person at this moment. So, so, and it wasn't strenuous. What do you mean it was fine? It wasn't strenuous to be nice to this person and show appreciation. Okay, but nobody else could have done it in the way that you did it. So maybe that's why you got all these gifts from Hashem and Hashem was filling you up so that you would have the ability, you would feel full enough to be able to reach out to that person. Because quite honestly, on an empty stomach, whether it's an emotionally empty stomach or physically empty stomach, you're just like, what? I don't know. (laughs) Leave me alone. So you have to have a certain amount of full stomach, a level of feeling um, relaxed and satisfied to reach out and, you know, be benevolent to others in the world in a place where no one else has. So we can't always be running on empty. There's, let's say one more thing. One of the reasons to accept gifts from Hashem now, from above, is because in the olden days, people would produce incredible, incredible lives when they were running on empty. We're not so good when we run on empty. So trying to be benevolent and do all kinds of things and running on empty either makes us crabby or it depletes us or we fall asleep half the day or or something. It just needs to be filled up a lot by Hashem now so we can do his avidah. So this is all embodied in this bracha, Because re'eh means you see. Seeing is from above. It's higher than, than hearing. When you hear, you have to hear every little detail of it. Seeing is kind of the big picture from above. You just, you know, one big glance. You don't really even take in the details, but you just, boom, you see? That comes, that comes from above, whereas hearing, um, you have to have every detail. That's why seeing is believing. If somebody says, 
Um, I saw Miriam Ruckel wearing red polka dot shoes. If, if someone says that to you, and you know Miriam Ruckel is a very, very conservative dresser, you'll say, yeah, I don't know. You won't believe it. You won't believe it. Whereas if you see Miriam Ruckel wearing those red polka dot shoes, you are convinced. Why aren't you convinced when you hear? It comes from below, and it's detail by detail. And from above, it's just there's it's, there's a certain thing of believing because it's coming from above. It has a much higher power. Now, so so re'e means coming from above. And naichi, haidat atmusim uhuso. Naichi is Hashem as he's expressing himself in his through a more exalted energy. Hasbav is nasus. And that's the difference between Aniyah and Anaifi. There are places in um, Tanakh where it says, Anochi Haro'eh, you know, who are you? Oh, I am the shepherd, or I am the seer. Anochi Haro'eh. So, who is that about? Um, Shmuel. Anochi Haro'eh. I am, I think, the seer. Why is he using that word? Why is he, Ani, I'm, why? Because it's referring to someone in a more exalted state. And when Hashem uses the word Anashi also, it's more separate from the world. And I, um, as we, we see the difference between Ani and Anaifi, Anaifi, oh, what's the difference in spelling between Ani and Anaifi? It's the Chaf. Ani, Anochi. The only difference is in Anaifi you have a Chaf. And otherwise it's Ani with a Chaf. What is Chaf? Keter, a crown. Crown is for exaltedness. So a nice, so we understand from that, it's the plain old Ani with a crown. Plain old Ani with a crown is a king. So it's the name of an exaltedness. Nitin, give, comes from above. I give you, I, he gives me, he gives to me, it came from him. He gave me a gift. And kala nitin be ayin yatahu whoever gives, gives with a good eye. Lifneichem, um, because remember we're looking at the word Lifneichem, um, Lifneichem. What does Lifneichem mean? Um, sorry, Re C Anaifi I Nisen. I'm giving Lifneichem to you. Lifneichem means to your penis. For something to go deep into your very beinghood and your core, look, we just said. I saw Miriam Ruffle wearing. Polka dot, red polka dot shoes. Mm-hmm. The person that heard it, so the next day or a week later, they asked, what color shoes does Miriam Ruffle have? I don't know. I told you she was wearing red polka dot shoes. Oh, really? Oh, I must have tuned it out. Must have tuned it out. Okay. That didn't enter me into my very core. I didn't even hear it. But I said it. Remember you said, oh, right, red. Uh-huh. You, I barely heard it. I tuned it out. I kind of sloughed it off because it didn't go deep within me. Something that goes deep into me. You know, somebody asks you, are you Jewish? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Let me think. Uh, I forget. Uh, I have to look at my birth certificate. Um, where did I leave my birth certificate? Yes. We don't. It's deep in your penis. You kind of know that. And if you don't know it, then the Lubavitcher helps you figure it out. Know it. 
So that's something that's coming from above. For so, why are we saying that? For something to go deeply into your penis, it has to come from a very high place. Because we're being bombarded with stuff every single day. And they kind of hit our uh, our skin. You know, they hit our outer shell. Half of them don't even, you know, we have a, a, a biofield around our, you know, around the person is a biofield. So half the stuff just hits your biofield, never even gets close to you. You hear a million things. Um, sometimes it's only the scary and shocking stuff that kind of goes deep within. But a lot of the stuff that we hear, we literally just, it just bounces right off. For it to be able to permeate, we have a big guard up, a big biofield and a big emotional guard and a big, we have a huge barrier up there to make sure stuff doesn't get in. So how's stuff going to get in very deeply to your very core? It has to come from a very, very high place. So very high place means it's going to come down from up there to down here. So lishnefe means from above. And it will go from your outside to your inside. Hayyim, that's the next word in this. Hayyim shows on revelation. What does that mean today? Well, this same Miriam Rachel, she lost her earring um, on the grass. Oh, great. So... When is she more likely to find it? If she looks during the day or if she looks at night? Obviously, if she looks during the day. Poor thing. Loses her earring, wearing red polka dot shoes. <laughs> she needs some help. <laughs> she should look during the day. You know, don't worry, you'll find it tomorrow. Where'd you drop it? Over there. Okay, we will look tomorrow. We will comb every little square inch of grass till we find it. Hayyayim today, day means it's visible. That means, now, and it also means something eternal. Hayyayim today means it's the eternal day. Because as a result, wherever it says Hayyayim, it means forever. That's the use of result. And Hayyayim Hazet. So that idea of something revealed comes from above. The light shines down from above, and we see it. It's not something that we create. It, and, and the fact that something can be eternal, a young representing eternity, has that only God so far is eternal. He's planning to make us eternal. He's planning to remove the barrier between us and him. Torah is eternal. God is eternal. Truth is eternal. So far, we're on the way to becoming eternal. We're only eternal spiritually. So that bracha, by the way, in which in which we become eternal, it will come from above. Eternity is from a very, very high lofty place. And that eternity has to come down into the world. And and the last word in the Pasuk is bracha. Bracha is, means by definition, bracha from the word hamshacha. It's pulled down from above. A blessing comes down from above. And the fullness of the bracha is um, the shlemus of bracha comes from, oh, interesting. The completion of bracha comes from such a high place that it's concealed. The highest bracha is concealed. And therefore, concealed brachas look like, thank you, but stuff we don't like. For an example, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai sent his son to Rabbi Yonason and Rabbi Yehuda for his bar mitzvah to bless him. 
and he came back and said, um, they said some very strong <laughs> uh, negative stuff to me. And and um, it was really uh, quite quite for a bar mitzvah. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said these were very 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 high level brachas, very very intense brachas. So they came from a very high place, and they came from such a high concealed place. They came looking as the opposite of brachas. Um, so now when we say this idea of free gifts coming from above, that we're taking it to the idea of me being given free gifts from above because I will be stepping into in the future, maybe in the near future, maybe today, an opportunity to do something that only I can do. And when I say I, I mean every one of I, every one of us. And I will be uniquely filled up with what I need to pay those brachas that I'm being sent forward and do this unique mission. It could be a one-minute thing. It could be, as we say, a one-minute conversation with someone on the phone speaking about the phone bill. But whatever it is, these opportunities are going to be custom designed for me, and they require me having the right set of kaichas, of talents and energies, pumped into me from above. So, that's why we read which means all these brachas from above on the Shabbos of Rosh Chaydish, which is Anila Daidi Vidaidili. Even though we're about to, Elo, we're about to start, we're about to do everything from below and send it up, but you need to be infused with the ability to, to do Anila Daidi Vidaidili. If you're running on empty, how do you reach up to God the whole month of Elul and do an incredible tshuva? You're exhausted. You're done. You're just depleted. When you're depleted, you can't do anything. So before, as we're being given this mission of reaching up to God the whole month of Elul and Nila Gaidi reaching up to our beloved, he's sending down to get us jump-started, the Yudhimu Midasarachman, 13 attributes of mercy. And so we could say, the interesting thing is that the month of Elo includes the Avaita of the whole year, last year, and the year to come. Um, and more specifically, so what we're looking at in Elo is, so how did I do this past year? And how am I planning to do this coming year? Well, for us, this is an interesting question because we are finishing the year of Tavshin Pei, which is, we said last week, the Gematria of Tzvah, Tavshin Pei, Tzvah, Loyagaiti. The year of I don't know. Does somebody know? Nobody knows. Only God knows. And the Nasiadar. They know. We don't know. So what's going to be next week? I don't know. Will there be school? Will there be? Can I take an El Al flight? Uh, you know, to, you know, to Eretz Yisrael for Tishrei? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Does somebody know? I don't know. That's the year that we're finishing. And at the same time, Tuxin Pei is Pe, And I do remember hearing that, and, and I thought, 
Hmm, and I forgot about it. Tafshin Pei, Tet, the year of as as the year of the mouth, the year to speak. The year to speak. And as uh, Rabbi Amar said, so it was the year of the mouth, and everybody's mouth was covered for the second half of the year with a mask. So isn't that interesting? And our speech had to become more internal, whatever that's all about. Everybody's mouth is covered, and you're supposed to be speaking out, and and yet it's obviously the speech has to come from a deeper place where it has to be, you know, go deep inside and think before you think. No one's listening to you anyway. You're talking through a mask. When we go to show here, it's very strange to see the the, the, the rabbi saying a Dvar Torah wearing a mask. It's very it's very odd, you know. It's, it's surrealistic. Imagine, imagine we will see photos of um, in the future or or in the past, ten years ago, twenty, fifty years ago, people would see photos of the year Tafshinpei, and they'll see, um, you know, what we see: rabbis in show wearing masks to speak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, going into a bank wearing a mask and every nobody even questions you and <laughs> etc. All the absurdity of it, it's so crazy. And everybody does, you know, whoa, what's going on? And you're like, Grandma, why was everybody wearing masks? And that, you know, in fact, the most potent thing is wedding pictures. And the, I, I, I was at virtually on the computer at such a wedding um, before Pesach and the you know it was just the family and the maybe the Kala wasn't wearing a mask but her sisters all were and they were in these beautiful gowns with masks it was the most surrealistic looking thing that you have ever seen beautiful outfits beautiful gowns beautiful shakels and wearing masks and every, it just completely normal. It looked, it looked like this must be Mars. We must be on Mars. It, it, and they, they forgot that they were wearing masks. It was, you know, they're covering, you know, the covering with the veil and arranging the veil and <clears throat> bringing her the flowers and all kinds of stuff. They're just walking around and doing all the things they're doing with her. And <laughs> I think the Chassan and Kala weren't wearing masks. I think they just absolutely refused, but everybody else was. So, so this year that we're looking back on and saying, so how did I do with Tufshin Pei? That's what we're going to do this, Elo. How did I do with, you know, being a masked man entering the bank for half a year? Half, the second half of Tufshin Pei, and the first half of Tufshin Pei dealing with fearful stuff of anti-Semitic attacks and all of that. What a year. Oh, my goodness. So how did I do? Well, how was I supposed to do? I, what, what was I supposed to do? But however it is, you know, ask Hashem, you know, whatever I was supposed to do, I, I hope I did it. And then in the year to come, which won't be Tashin Pei anymore, it won't be the I don't know year. And it won't be the year of the mouth. So what what comes next? I don't know. When I was in Camp Leewood many, many years ago, one of the bunks was called It'll Do. The It'll Do. And so 
whenever somebody would ask, you know, they, somebody would speak to them and say, well, what should we do with this? They say, oh, it'll do. Is it right? There you go. And then there was a bunk called, I don't know. Yeah, there were the, the I don't know. And they said, well, where are we going for the trip? And they said, I don't know. Ah, right. That's the, that's our bunk. So I don't know. We're, we're moving from the year of, I don't know, to, we don't know what's going next year. But somehow we're going to think this through and ask Hashem, how did I do? And how am I going to do? I guess I just want to say, Hashem, whatever you have in mind, could you help me get ready for it? Which I don't know what it is. And both of these are in, they're in, um, the two days of Rosh Chodesh Elo, which, which is the 30th day of Elo is uh, the 30th day, uh, sorry, Rosh Chodesh, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elo is Lamed Av. That's, uh, the Yom Nishmat, uh, Arm Ben Mendel. It's my father. Lamed Av. That is a day that's connected to Av is the Korban, the suffering, the, the awfulness, the horrificness, the, all, all of that stuff. That's Rosh Chodesh Elul. The whole Gullah, the whole Gullah is in Lamed Av because Av is the month of destruction, which brings all the destruction, all the horrificness that ever was throughout all of Jewish history. It's all in the month of Av. It's all activated by Tisha B'Av. And the end of the month, which sums up the whole month, all of that negativity and destruction, it's in Lamed Av. That is Rosh Chodesh Elul. So one day of Rosh Chodesh Elul is the summation of all the pain that ever was in Jewish history. Hmm. Okay. And then the second day of Rosh Chodesh Elul is, is, ah, the hopefulness, Rosh Chodesh Elul, the fresh, new air of tshuva blowing. So we have both these energies going on, going on at the same time. One is really forcing us to look back into the pain of Jewish history and personal Jewish history and at the same time um, ma- match it up with and make it one unit with the optimism of the future and the fresh air of what we can accomplish and what we're going to accomplish, and Geula that's on the way. So, um, and this year, well, again, this year, Rosh Chaydish does not come out to Shabbos and Sunday, but as we said, Rosh Hashanah does. So, Shabbos is when you're just involved in holiness. You look at everything from a point of view of holiness. And Sunday is when you're in the world. Shabbos is you're doing the mitzvah of Einig Shabbos, pleasure. Shabbos is about pleasure. Einig Shabbos. Ah, life is good. Nothing's wrong. Life is good. That's the energy that becomes available in Shabbos. And Sunday is, well, back to work. Got stuff to do. It's off to work we go. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work we go. That's going to be Rosh Hashanah this year. So what does Parshish Re'eh have to do with um, Shabbos, Mavarchim, or Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Elul? In this case, we're going to talk about Shabbos, Mavarchim, Elul. What does Parshish Re'eh have to do with it? Because Parshish Re'eh comes out on Shabbos, Mavarchim, Elul. 
Shabbos Mavarchim Elul is always in the month of Av. So again, it's that energy. You're already blessing the month of Elul, which is that fresh new year, but you're in the month of Av. It emphasizes the Avaida. It's Lamad Av is the 30th day of the month of Av, which emphasizes more the Avaida from above to below. I'm not sure why. Oh, it's Rashcha, it's, it's Re'eh. Re'eh anashi naisen lisnecham ayam bracha. Okay. And when it's Shabbat, oh, I see. Shabbat mevarchem elul is Shabbat. So even though it's, you're in the month of Av, which is such a very low, dark month, but it's Shabbat. So it's getting to see the struggle from within the place of Ainib Shabbat. Imagine if, you know when you come to those um, on the highway, they have the rest stops and you can put a quarter in into this viewer and you can look out over, in our case, the Hudson River, or you look, you look over the skyline of New York. You, you get to see a panoramic view after you put a quarter, or probably these days a dollar twenty-five, into this little meter and you look out, and when, let's say, when you get to the Palisades Parkway and you look out at those things, when you're in downtown Manhattan and it's hot and sticky and crazy things are happening and it's crazy energy and the stress level is intensely high, but it's one, you feel that. But then you, you drive over the George Washington Bridge you get onto the Palisades, all of a sudden the scenery changes, and nice green trees, la-di-da, you stop at the rest stop, you already are in a different mood, you put in your dollar twenty-five, and you look out at Manhattan, the same Manhattan that you were so stressed out while you were inside of it, but now you're looking at it from a totally different viewpoint, from the other side. The other side of the river, it's all green and peaceful, and you're sipping your latte while you're, that you just bought, or while you're looking, or you're sipping your, you know, your, uh, whatever, um, uh, favorite delicious drink, green tea drink, and you're looking out, and you see that whole scenario that you lived through in a totally different way. Now you're very relaxed and it's pleasurable. Um, so seeing that while you're in the pleasure center gives you a different view of it. From the other side of the river, when it's quiet and peaceful, it gives you a different view of the whole stress that you were in some few days before. So, so back to our topic, we're saying Shabbos is we say oh we're at the other side of the um, the Hudson River and we're looking we're looking out at it at that stress zone from a higher place and from a place of pleasure among the trees and it looks totally different. So when we begin our week or our year in this case with Shabbos, we first start to look from the other side. It's imagine this: um, you never heard of Manhattan before, and so. You've been on the Palisades Parkway 
many, many times as a child, let's say, traveling with your family, and uh, maybe you live in some nice place in New Jersey, and I don't know, some, wherever it is, or you live in Muncie, and you very often drive past this place on the Palisades Parkway, and you're very young, and since you're very young, you say, Mommy, Mommy, wh- what are we seeing? She said, oh, I want to look at that. And so she puts in her money, and you look through, and you say, what am I seeing? Oh, that's Manhattan. And so imagine the child has never been across the river. They've seen, they've grown up seeing Manhattan from the, the other side, the Palisades Parkway. And it looks so fascinating in the enchanted land with these tall buildings and all kinds of things. And maybe hundreds of times this child saw it and actually never went over the, um, Brooklyn, the George Washington Bridge. And then one day, you know, they were finally grown up and they, uh, for and they went to university for ten thousand years and etc. So at, in you know upstate New York or something like that. So they still never went over the George Washington Bridge. And when they were thirty years old, they finally had their PhD in um, Middle Eastern studies or something like that. I don't know or you know. And they finally got a job. Now they're almost thirty years old after so many years with their PhD and in the halls of the study halls and bombing the ideas, and they get a job, their first job in Manhattan. So they have to go over the George Washington Bridge for the first time in 30 years. And once they're there in Manhattan working, um, so you speak to them and they say, so how is it being in Manhattan? You, you know, you, you, you had thousands of experiences, hundreds of experiences with Manhattan, but from the other side. How is it? Finally being there, the enchanted land, amazing, right? And it, oh, yuck. I don't know how anybody deals with it. All of a sudden, Manhattan, all the stresses and all the everything that goes on there is just larger than life. So now, they're going to have a very different view because they have been downloaded for 30 years with the enchanted land of Manhattan first. And then they actually went into Manhattan, as opposed to somebody who grew up in Manhattan and knows all the junk. And then one day they go across the river and see it from a more pleasant viewpoint. Your basic download is going to affect you the most. So why am I saying this? If we start the year with Shabbos, it's like seeing the world from the other beautiful side of the river. And that's our view of it, as opposed to if we start the year from Sunday, then we start in the thick of things where we have to go start with the struggle of things. So this year, thank God, the year starts on Shabbos, Shabbos and then Sunday. So we could say, and we'll just do one little part more before we sum up. So Parshas Re'eh also has to do with the, uh, the way of serving God from below. Because even though it's on Shabbos Mavarchim Elul, or Shpur, etc., the whole point of Shabbos has to do with Elul. Okay, so returning to this, we're talking about in Elul. So we're saying, imagine that you you have to climb a ladder and it's very, very excruciatingly difficult and wherever you put your hand, the buzzer goes off and you and it appears on the screen what you earned. So you get to the fifth rung, it wipes you out completely, ding, 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 and you see that you earned a very beautiful bracelet. 
Good. That's about as high as you can get. There is a diamond crown, diamond jewel-encrusted crown that doesn't matter how many rungs you get to, it's not one of the prizes from reaching a rung on the ladder. It isn't. You can get to a certain height, and then you will earn a prize there. But there is a, there's a certain prize that it doesn't matter how many you can climb to the top of the ladder. You, the prize does, isn't there. The prize comes from a level of reality that's above what you can earn. So that's called Isarusa Dilatata is you do the work. Isarusa Dilatata is Hashem, God sends down this, the blessing. There's a certain blessing that you, level of blessing you can earn. And then there's a level of blessing, Isarusa Dilatata, She'ein Isarusa Tata Magasham. There's a level of blessing that's so high, the, the, the jewel-encrusted crown, that you cannot earn. So how do you ever get it? How do you ever get it? So one of the things is, it's still a free gift. You go as high as you can go, and you earn what you can earn, and you do the effort, and and you we daven for this level, that's called the level of Mashiach. Somehow we feel like we're doing everything that we need to do. So this one last piece is full revelation of Mashiach. Doesn't seem that it's fully here, does it? Pieces, 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 steps. And yes, not the full ge'ula. So it must be that that full ge'ula is that crown, jewel-encrusted crown that you can't really earn it. You can earn all the other things, and by once you get to where you need to get to, then it activates the level of the free gift that you didn't really earn directly, but you earned it by doing the most that you can and earning all the other gifts along the way, and then it opens up the doorway, the door, to release the ultimate prize, the full ge'ula. I think that's the way it goes. So the... And we don't want free gifts. So we could even say, well, God, you know, if, if earning, if, 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 if Mashiach, the day, if, if the gift of Mashiach means a free gift, we're not free gift type of people. We, we like to earn what we have. So, but this way we, we do feel like we earned it now. The way it works is, the true completion is put together both milas. Anila Daidi, I earn it. The Daidi, I reach up. The Daidi Lee, Hashem reaches down. That has the advantage of I do my what I need to do, and then God needs mine is limited, and then He does what He He does. He's unlimited. I'm gvul and He's gleeful, and that's in the words Elo Ani. That's my work. Ani me, Li gleeful. That's eternal. That's no limitations. Ani Ani. That means that our own work from above below to above is in a way, can be above limitations. And it really is, in a sense. These days when, um, that's the famous story of when the, when we said it last week, the Rebbe spoke to a certain group or maybe to everybody about a certain thing that needed to be done, a certain job that was very, very difficult. People got together and they uh, discussed it and they decided that it was impossible to do. And the next month, Matei Shabbos, Sunday morning, Rabbi Groner went to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe asked about that project and what the, 
what people were doing, and it was very uncomfortable to have to say they decided that it's impossible. And the answer from the Rebbe was, it was an impossible job. But if my father-in-law, the Rebbe, the Rebbe Deshreis, the Rebbe said, if my father-in-law gave them a mission to do, then they had to know that it is something, they can't just say, well, you can't, it's impossible. It was impossible, but they had to put one foot into the water, do a first step of that impossible project. And it would have opened up doorways and doorways and gateways and channels of reality that would have made it possible. But they had to make that first step. So that shows that when we do the first step into something impossible, we are stepping into unlimited kaisas, which come from a place of eternity. So even though we're, you know, that, that eternal part of us, we will be eternal. Spiritually, we've always been eternal. Your soul lives on forever. In the Shia times, you're, you'll physically live forever. We do, we are rooted in eternity. We are one with Hashem. We're one with Tyra and one with Hashem. That's eternal. So that eternal place, when we jump into these impossible things that we're told by God to do, and we make, we do one tiny step, we're using that kayak of eternity that we have and stepping into that place of eternity, and it just opens up, you know, in that present moment, and it opens up these incredible channels. So that, and we'll end with this, that is emphasized, it's hinted at in the five, uh, Russian, the five words that ELO stands for. <clears throat> ELO stands for Ina Liyada Vesantilach, that's Tyra. Tfila um, is Ani Ledaidi Vedaidi Li, and Milas Chasadim is Ish Lereu Matanas Le'avyanin. And so these are all what ELO is all about. And, oh, Tshuva Ve'eslavav Ve'eslavav. And Gula, Asher Lashem Ve'yom That when we serve God and when we do what we need to do, when we do our mission in the world, with in these, in these ways, the world is standing on, on all of these energies. We're doing it in a way of above all limitations. Above the limitations of the person and above the limitations of the world. And through this, what is, what is, um, in, in, what is uh, instilled in it? The Avayt of Tshuva, Baruch Tashav Elohim Asher from the world of Atzilus, the fourth world, and Geula from the fifth world, which is completely higher than anything. And um, our whole Avayda becomes um, permeated with the Avayda of, from the level of oneness. And to end off, so when we do what we are here to do from below, we reach up. We do our part, but we're looking upwards to where it's taking us. That's called anilodaiti. That's not the lowest level. We're not dealing with the lowest level. When you are doing your little tiny step, down here, but with a vision of, with your eyes lifted up heavenward. Is that really operating from the lowest level? No, it's not. It's operating actually from a very lofty level. Your eyes are looking upward. Your actions are from down here, but your eyes are looking upward. You're, you're, you're doing down, you're doing stuff down here. 
but your mind, your kavana, your 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 thoughts are upward. So you're already acting with energies that are above limitations. Because it's coming from Mitsyusa Amitis Afinis Adam. It's coming from your inner core. Your inner core is not down here low stuff. It's very lofty. Your inner core is from the highest of the high. And that, your inner core is from a place of total unity between you and God. That's the place to end off. That's that place. That's that energy of Tishabot. Where the Kruvim, inside the Kaidish Kedoshim, the place of truth. At the moment of truth. When even a Jew could not go in to see it. And, and the nations of the world got to see that place of intimacy between us and God, where that's the way he feels about us. That's deepest truth, that place of eternity. How do you know it's a place of eternity? How do you know that posture that the Kruvim were in, that they were embracing at the moment of the destruction, was from an energy of eternity? Because if, if there's destruction, if the base of Migdash is being destroyed, and there's destruction all through, God forbid, and there's the destruction all through Jerusalem, all through the land of Israel. And it caused destruction and pain and suffering for all these generations. Ask any child, do you think Hashem is happy with you or not happy with you at this moment? Everybody would say, not happy. But God has a deeper reality. He has two relationships with us. He re- reacts to what we do. A lot of the times, Sometimes he's happy. When he reacts to what we do, sometimes he's happy and sometimes he's not. But when he reacts to what we are, we are him and he is us. We're in one unit with him. When he reacts to what we are, we are his only one and only child, born to parents at an advanced age, we're the apple of his eye. When he reacts to what we are, that's an, that one he always has the same feeling. It's not, there's no, no changing there. There's no variable. When he reacts to what we are, his most precious child, at that level, that's from an eternal place. It's always the same. So, Hashem, how do you feel about us now? I love you. All right, what about tomorrow? I love you. Yesterday, love you. Darkest times in history, love you. Is there any time you didn't love us? Nope. Never changes. That's a place of eternity. So that moment of in at the Khurban, the base of Midrash, destruction of the base of Midrash, that was a moment of eternity. And he was showing how he really feels about it eternally. And that means that any moment we can step into, when we're in the darkest darkness, God forbid, Rahman Islam, that is coming from the destruction of the base of Midrash. And that's when his eternal his eternal feeling about us is very and tangible. So in a way, and it sounds insane, it sounds crazy, the darkest moments are the moments when people can, and God forbid, there shouldn't be any more dark moments in history for any day. I mean, but at those moments, those are the moments when there doesn't seem to be anything but the relationship with us and Hashem, or Him to us. Nothing good is happening. There isn't much else to hang on to. Oh, it's so luminous. It's not luminous. It's awful. 
So everything else, all the other nice little thrills, sometimes life is, thank God, good, and there are lots of blessings, and it's nice. So we become distracted by all the blessings, thank God. We should have blessings. But when, God forbid, all of them seem to have moved out of the way, and all there is is that empty space, that awful, that's the moment where the only thing that becomes palpable and visible is the eternal relationship with Hashem, with God, and the eternal way that he feels about us, which he is crazy about. He loves us and never plans to stop loving us. He may not be happy with us externally, but that inner deepest relationship he'll never never let go of. That's the place of eternity. So when we can tune into, and this is not a simple thing to do, to turn in, to tune into that moment and experience that relationship, then we can start to move forward into Geula and bring Geula into this world here because that that moment of the Chorban was the moment of Geula. Mashiach was born. And being able to step into that moment whenever we need, which is not simple at all, it's available, it's just not simple. And the more people do it, the more it become, it will become simpler. The more it just becomes regular that everybody's doing it, it will become easy. You know, almost everybody today has figured out at least how to make a phone call. They may not know how to do the most sophisticated things on their phone, but it became so basic that almost everybody can dial a number on the phone. Wasn't always the case. So the more people step into the present moment of Geula, the, the, the literal present moment, the more it becomes available for everybody to step into that eternal present moment and live in the miracle zone. So as we approach Shabbat Mavarchim Elul, when we're going to be switching from this miraculous year, which is, I don't know, to the next miraculous year, which will be maybe also, I don't know, but shortly, I don't know because I can't, I don't know how amazing the Gula will be. May we find ourselves in that incredible place of the crown with God himself immediately now before, before Rosh Chaydish Elul and celebrate right now in the Pesach Mishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishish